0: Namaskaram, Akka. Can, can you yes. hear me? Yes,
1: Anna. Namaskaram.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, Akka. So we can continue from here only. Uh, so you were talking about just before Sadhana Pada. So if you can continue about like how how it was, how you joined and the experience of that, it would be great. Yes, Anna. Yes, Akka. You can talk about it. Okay. Um, Let's
1: start from where I um, applied for it. Uh,
0: Yeah. What made you apply for it? Had you talked about that? In the previous? Like what made you apply for Satinapada? How you came to know there is something like this? I needed
1: to tell this actually. Yeah. Yeah. So when I did engineering uh, it was a very tremendous experience for me. Because uh, whatever issues I had with my health, as well as, I used to be very much uh, confused about things. Like, uh, you see, we have certain qualities, right? Like, with me, the issue was that I have developed this thing that whenever uh, I'm looking at somebody, there was so much in my head, somebody or something. Whenever I looked at it, so much would get into my head, so many questions and... So many conclusions and so many prejudices. So it was kind of uh, during inner engineering, I saw that there was a drastic change. Like we know what Sadhguru says in that. So not just says, but like we need, like my first guru also, she told many things, but uh, from within there has to uh, be some transformation, right, to get it. So, I never got the point, but during Inner Engineering, it's kind of... By the time it was done, I was like... I did not even realize, but the thing just happened with me that... uh, It kind of got very... uh, Like, there was a difference in the way I was before and the way I was after. Like, within me, the way I was, I could see a stark difference the way I thought uh, or the way I interacted with people like the fundamentals kind of changed. So I wanted to see Sadhguru. So first thing what I did was uh, uh, my inner engineering happened at the end of April 2019. And in May, I was going to have uh, uh, AFSB, uh, the interviews for the air force. So just I had a little slot in between uh, in which I felt like just after Inner Engineering, I was like, I want to meet this uh, meet this person. Like, I just wanted to see Sadhguru once and come to Isha once. So I told my mom that I want to go there once. But I just told her that I'll go for a rejuvenation program. There is Isha rejuvenation program. So I opted for that and I came to Ashram. Mm-hmm. And I stayed here for uh, uh, eight days or so. Like five days the program happened and three days I volunteered. So, even when I was here, I was like, I was not getting it, like, what just happened. Like, in, in the Engineering also, I was like, some, the transformation which happened, I could say, it was phenomenal. Like, I just did not know what just happened with me. Like, it just changed. And so, I was damn curious what it is. So, because of that, one thing is, I wanted to come to Ashram and see for myself, like, what all is it there? So, when I came here, I stayed for eight days, though I volunteered and uh, stayed here. But even then, I was like, I still had a lot of curiosity. I couldn't get anything. Like, I just couldn't sort it out. Like, what is it that made such a transformation? And even when I was here uh, for Isha Rejuvenation Program, uh, there, there is something called as Nadi, someone called as Nadi Tadnyas. Like uh, they say, Sadhguru is a Siddha, Siddha Vaidya and uh, uh, the other people who check us here in the rejuvenation center, they are the Nadi Tadnyas. So when initially I went to the doctors for this issue of mine, so what used to happen with those doctors was they used to ask me, Aka, what happened?" like they used to ask me, tell us whatever is happening with you. Like I had to tell them and I was very bad at telling because I myself did not know what was happening. Like, I was like, you are the doctor, you check me and you see. (laughs) But then, here when I came, uh, these people, they just kept three fingers on my wrist. And uh, they kind of told everything about my body. And I was like, oh, this was happening, this was happening. And then I'm like, oh my God, how did they know by just keeping three fingers on my wrist? And I was like, oh my God, this is miraculous. But I know it wasn't miraculous, like. Here I saw there was Isha Samskriti and I saw that the children were trained since a very small age. Like the way, I, like whenever I see them, I'm like, oh my God, these children are so damn lucky. Like they are taught something useful. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, the doctors, like the Nadi Tadnyas who uh, did that, like who told me about this. uh, I got to know from somewhere that these are the Isha (laughs) Sanskrit. I'm like, oh my god. (laughs) Like, I I just was amazed with that. And everything, like, when I came here, I saw everything. It is so detailed and, like, so much is put into every little thing. Like, I see it's so artistic and, like, every little thing is minutest. They have paid attention to the minutest detail, it seems. Like whenever I see, whatever I see here, it is like so much efforts have been put into it. Like I think so much efforts have been put. But whenever I see, whatever I see here, it's just awesome in my understanding. So like I saw this all, but I was still like, it takes a lot to put in so much attention into the minutest details. So I I was like, when I came here, I got more curious about it. And when I went into the Dhyanalinga premises, Oh my God, that was just mind-blowing. Dhyanalinga as well as Devi temple. Now, both the experiences I can share in Dhyanalinga, it is like as soon as I enter the sanctum, now I have had these breathing difficulties. What it means is I I kept breathing on the surface. After Shambhavi, it is like the breath become a little, like it has become much deeper than what I used to uh, breathe, in which way I used to breathe. But When I went into the Dhyanalinga Sanctum, the premises, just I entered the premises and the breath was like, it was like there is no hurdle at all. Like it flowed like, uh, there is nothing like, uh, there is no difficulty at all. The breath was so like, I could say it was bliss to breathe. That was my experience. And when I went, like I went to Dhyanalinga, then I went to Devi temple. Devi temple is something else. I just sat there and I was like, oh, the goddess is looking so beautiful. (laughs) But then that was another thing. But then I sat there, like once it happened, like this was one of the experiences. Like I was uh, like, it is not during that thing, but this is the thing I had an experience with Devi. That I was feeling down about something. Like it happens that sometimes your body becomes stiff and something. Like, I cannot explain in words, but sometimes something goes wrong with us and we are feeling very low. Like, I did not even know the reason why I was feeling like that. But my body had gone little stiff and so, and I did not understand what is happening with me. But I knew that something is wrong. And I just happened to walk into the Devi temple. And... When I uh, entered, like I just got down the stairs, and now I was like very near to the dairy. As soon as I got down the stairs, uh, like it was like whole body it become kind of it. It's a pleasurable feeling. Like what I was feeling within my body, it was like I was feeling very low and stiff. When I entered there, it was like. Um, Bre- 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 breathing is bliss as well as my body, it feels some pleasurable experience and uh, like I just don't know, like it's like you just feel blissful it's like it's something she does, I don't know <laughs> and then I took the darshan and I sat there for a while and when when I was sitting, even then I was like I I was feeling so good there like I felt like it just disappeared and even in Dhyanalinga I had this experience that Whenever I meditated, like, I meditated since a very small age. But in Dhyanalinga, like, what my experience was that when I meditated at home, in case somebody came and touched me, oh my God, it used to be so damn painful till the next day, uh, till I did my sadhana. Like, my sadhana used to happen at a particular time only. I wouldn't do it some other time. So if somebody touched me during that time, my whole body used to be disturbed, and everything used to be disturbed, and till the next day, sadhana, I would be so irritated. Like I knew that there is irritation within me, so I would. My guru told me that if you cannot uh, create a blissful exp- like pleasant experience for other people, at least you see to it that you don't make other people miserable around you. Like you don't try to, uh, what do you say, trouble them in any way. So whenever this thing happened, I would just make sure that I'm silent all day and I'm coming in minimal contact with people. But uh, I used to feel the irritation within. I tried that, but my parents would be coming in contact with me. And I saw that whenever this this thing happened, like there was so much irritation. I I was not able to communicate properly with people the day it happened. So this thing even happened in Dhyanalinga, I'll tell you. Like, I was sitting for meditation. Dhyanalinga is some, is a place where you sit for meditation. It's silence there. And uh, nobody, like, Sadhguru has made it very clear here. Wherever you sit in the ashram, no, when you are sitting for meditation, nobody, everybody has that sense that they won't come and touch you. Like, Sadhguru has made this a rule that nobody comes and touch you. So, when I was sitting in the Dhyanalinga, somebody happened to come and touch me. Like, I was uh, doing the, like, my earlier sadhana was I used a mala for uh, whatever I carried on within me. I used a mala for that. In Dhyanalinga, it is like you don't use mala, you don't use anything. You just sit in a particular posture and you try to sit still. But what I did was, uh, according to my instincts, I just took out the mala and I started the mala. But somebody, uh, some volunteer touched me and they told me, like uh, no mala but when they touched me again that same feeling like i like whole body i felt the pain the current of pain just went and i was like oh my god like i earlier at my home i used to just cry it out but now it was like uh, i was very conscious that people around me i cannot cry here but the thing is the current went and it it just went through my body but it was like, in the next moment itself, it wasn't there. Like, I did not even feel like something like that happened. Like, it was just gone. So, I felt like, what a powerful place this is. Like, earlier when it happened, I had to, uh, like, till the next day sadhana, I had to wait to get rid of that. Like, it would get rid only when I did the next day sadhana. But here it happened that, in in the next moment itself, I was just free of that. And when you meditate it's kind of you have some experience like uh, your breath is kind of very blissful like just breathing is very blissful but when something like this happens nobody is supposed to touch you it is very bad experience but that experience here was like in the next moment itself the irritation everything was gone the irritation was gone and i was again into that state of bliss so this dhyana linga is just awesome i I, I, I don't know, I don't have words for that, it's, it's kind of, it's a tremendous support for whoever is uh, on this path, like, whoever meditates, it's, it's a huge support. And not just in Dhyanalinga, like, I thought it's only in Dhyanalinga, but as I stayed here for Sadhna Pata, I realized that this whole place, like, this ashram, like, it feels like the entire place is like that, wherever you sit, if any disturbance happens, first thing is that disturbance doesn't happen uh, as often as it may be somewhere else. Like I meditated at home but I never dared to meditate any, uh, anywhere else like outside because I knew that nobody knows like even when I was in college in hostel people would just disturb me and it used to like the same experience I used to get very irritated and it's like it's not in my hands so This like I found out like this place is very conducive for the person who wants to do sadhana. And then, okay, that thing happened. That was the Dhyanalinga and Devi experience. Mm -hmm. Then once I went back uh, after those eight days, uh, so I had an interview just before two days. Like when I was going for the interview for uh, Indian Air Force, uh, it was on 19th of May. And uh, two days before I had an interview for Sadhana Pada, And uh, to be very frank, once I went from here, like I stayed and went from here, I was, I was very damn sure that I want to come back. Like I want to use this place so that I just don't, I just cannot uh, tell. Like I was, I, it was not that clear in my head, but I just knew that this place is awesome and I wanted to come back. And when the Sadhna Pada interview happened at that time also, I just saw the Sadhna Pada thing, and, but I, I just knew that I wanted to be here. But when I saw the Sadhna Pada advertisement, and then I was like, oh, let's try for it. And then when the interviews happened, I was like, I was thinking at that time, why the hell did I uh, prepare for these exams? Like, like, it was in my head that, it was always, like, not in my head, I cannot say that. Like, my thoughts, it's kind of, yeah, I feel like my brain is a madhouse. Like, whatever comes, like, so many things come up, but whatever is there within, uh, that is kind of different. Like, it, the pull which is there within, that is kind of different. So, I felt it, like, within me, I knew that I wanted to be here. So, interviews happened, and then when I went for the interview for the AFCAT, at that time also... It was within me that I was praying to Krishna that, Oh Krishna, I did not know that such, like, this kind of opportunity will just come up like this. And I was like, like, I was praying from within that I shouldn't um, get selected into this. Because if I did, then it would be like, uh, like, my parents are like, it's like, they, they want you to see somewhere and then, it It's kind of a pressure. You you just cannot tell them, oh, I have been preparing for this and now when I get selected, I want to drop out of this. So that thing doesn't go well. So all the time it was yeah. in my, within me I knew that I want to yeah. go back, like I want to come here. And so that, uh, I was very fortunate during that uh, interview AFSB. Uh, I, I, I kind of disqualified in the second round or so.
0: <laughs> yeah. okay.
1: and, uh, and then uh, I was like oh I pray that these sadhana the people they just tell me that you are selected <laughs> I was praying like anything I was telling my Krishna oh Krishna make it happen please and then I was like mm, that thing happened like they told me to come for a trial period but something happened in the family like some tragedy happened my aunt passed away at a very early age so I had to like we all had to be there and things like that so then I got into so much trouble I was like oh my god they've called for the trial period and because of this I'm not able to go right now what will happen but even then I just I just called contacted them and I told them see this has happened and uh, I might not be able to come within this period but as soon as I'm free I'll just come. So, they kind of, they were very supportive. Like, when I talked with them, they were so supportive. And it's not like sadhana pada, you pay something and you go there. No, it's not like a course with, for which you pay. It's like Sadhguru is offering something, offering you to stay in the, these premises, which are, like, I'll tell you my experience about the ashram, it is so fantastic. Like, he is offering which like, I, I if you ask me, that guy is so compassionate. Whatever he has made, first thing he has made it a, as an offering to everybody. Dandalinga, he has offered to everybody. Everybody can come and sit there and meditate without, like, it's not like he is asking you for anything in return. You just come and sit there, he has offered it just like that. And even in the ashram premises, it is like that. Now, for seven months, he is offering the premises somebody, we are not even blood-related to him. Like, not even my relatives told me that you come and stay at our home for a month or so. <laughs> it was never like that. But this Sadhguru is like, you come, you stay here, and we'll teach you some sadhana. Like, he's offering, and he's not charging a penny for that. And I was like, this guy is so awesome. Because I have had a 1st hand experience of this place. I had visited the ashram, so I... I, I I knew what it is to meditate here, and I was like, this is a tremendous opportunity. And I just wanted to be here. And then it happened that I came here around uh, uh, end of June. 27th, yeah, 29th of June, maybe I was here. And then uh, again, when I came here, I just got to know that there are so many possibilities. When I came here, uh, like in that period itself, my aunt had passed away. Like she passed away at an early age. She was just 54 and she had some uh, same asthmatic problems. So she passed away out of that. And I was was so sad about it. Not sad, you could say, but I was regretting it so much because uh, I had some, like I had the breathing difficulties. So I knew how difficult it is. And it was like um, when I did Inner Engineering, At that time, I did not know about my aunt's condition. Like she was on uh, ventilator or so, like the oxygen thing. So she was using the machines to breathe. And I did not know about her condition. And I got to know about a month later after my uh, inner engineering happened. And during inner engineering, my breathing difficulties had gone away. So I got to know about it after a month. And after a month, it was like uh, she was in ICU at that time. And when I went there and I got to know that what is the problem with her, at that time, I'm telling her children, like, we did not know that she'll pass away. So I was telling her children, see, see this experience happened with me. And when uh, my aunt comes out, we'll take her to Inner Engineering. And uh, she might benefit from it. So we'll do it. And then her children were also like, oh, we can do that. Once she comes out and once she is uh, ready to take it up, we'll do it. And then she passes away the same day. And I, I was so disheartened that... Why am I late here because it's, it's not like her age was too much. She was just 54 and her children were crying and her youngest daughter, my aunt wanted to see her married. She's still like, it's like she wanted to see her getting married and she just passed away because of this thing. And then I was feeling so disheartened and I just wanted to do something for my aunt. So when I came here uh, around the end of June, at that time, there is something called here as Kalavairo uh, Karma. And on, like, my first-hand experience with Sadhguru is, like, inner engineering, it just, uh, like, there was so much transformation within, not just my health, also my, not just health, but also the, uh, what do you say, aspects related to how we think and whatever the foundation on which we do everything. Like, I felt like the foundations have altered, not felt, like, it actually altered, like, the way I looked at people, the way I looked at everything. just altered. I became so willing to do, to take up any challenges. Earlier, I used to fear, like, not fear, you could say. I was just not willing to take up anything new or anything, any challenges. I avoided any change. But now I was, like, transformed. And so since I had this experience, I was, like, whatever he is offering, <laughs> if, we, if we can take it, it's, like, we should take it. So when the, I got to know about the kalavira Karma, I, when I came here, I first did that for my aunt. And I felt like I just did not understand what they were doing. I just I just, uh, told them to do it and they did it. And I don't know what they did, but I was like, oh, something. Something they did. And then later I got to know some things about kalavira Karma. But anyway, I felt very good. Like whatever so he's like, uh, if, if, if a person is not able to conduct his life, Uh, Gracefully, Uh, we uh, uh, but the death should be graceful, something like that. So, what they say that uh, even after that, we can do something for that person uh, to add some sweetness uh, to the life, something like that. Like, I'm not good at telling whatever it is. So, there's something called as Kalavairo Karma, and I did it for her, and I was feeling very happy. I told my mom, Dad, and my mom, Dad were like, What all nonsense you, you are doing there! I was like, it's not nonsense. It is something. (laughs) (laughs) I just did it. My mom and dad were like, you don't do it. But I didn't tell them. I had some pocket money with me. I just did it. And I was like, I did something. (laughs) I felt good about it. And then it was like, by 12th July, our sadhana pada was going to start officially. And it started. And then I tell you, now it comes to Guru Purnima. Lap of the Master program and the Guru Purnima program. And let me tell you this. Sadhana was started on 12th of July. 11th of July was my birthday. And I was I was so happy. It was like it's my 25th birthday. And it's like a gift. Like I always wish that I be in a space where I could do my sadhana. Like I wanted to be in a space where I could do the hardcore sadhana. Like I've always read about these sages and saints and... These people who stayed at their guru's ashram and their guru offered them sadhana and how they did it. So I, I, I actually wanted to do that. And here it is like this opportunity just came like that. And I was like, oh, I'm so blessed. And by then, it was not like I know anything about Sadhguru, okay? It's just about inner engineering. I had some experience at ashram. When I came, I had some experience. And then I thought, okay, let's, let's try it out. So when I came... Uh, Guru Purnima, Lap of the Master in Guru Purnima. The first day of Lap of the Master, as soon as Sadhguru entered the hall, it's not like I... Like in Mumbai, I had seen and seen him before. Like there was a satsang in Mumbai just before I came for Sadhna Pada. There was a satsang in Mumbai and he came there. And the first time I saw him, my experience was that uh, I just kept staring at him and... Uh, I, I was not able to get any word, whatever, whatever he was talking. I was just staring like a dumb fool there. I, I, I actually felt like maybe some, there may be some problem with the speakers. So I started looking here and there, if anybody else besides me is getting what he's saying. But they were like fully involved and they were laughing and things were happening around me. And I am the only fool there who is not getting a single word and I'm just staring at him. Then I thought, okay, At least I'm able to see him. So I just kept staring at him all the time. And then it
0: happened that... Oh, you have some grinding machines behind you. (laughs) thing. No problem, no problem. It's good background music. Uh,
1: So that thing happened and then I was like... This was the second time when I was seeing him in the ashram, in the lab of the master program. So here it was like... uh, as soon as he entered, something happened. I, I just started crying uncontrollably. I cannot say crying, it was just like... the entire body, it became so intense. Like, everything about me became so intense. And if I tell you the exact thing... I am thinking why the hell am I crying and I'm seeing that my like my tears are flowing uncontrollably and the other thing is like it was like I was just witnessing that my thoughts are going on and something is happening with my body and I'm like I'm witnessing both of these things and uh, I just did not know what happened, but the experience was so beautiful like That kind of intense experience, i never had it before. Like, if I tell you, uh, the earlier sadhana which I did, it used to be like, uh, I used to have certain experiences as such, like, uh, uh, what to tell, uh, the body becomes intense and uh, emotions become intense, like, the entire being becomes so intense that the tears just start flowing and your body is just blissed out. So that kind of experience I've had many a times before. Uh, but uh, the intensity with which this was happening, it was something else. It, it had happened never before. And I was like, what is happening? Like, this, this was very intense. Never before it was that intense. And then I'm just looking at him and I'm thinking, what is this? What is this? And the whole day I'm thinking, what is this? Like, the first day lap of the master happened and I'm just thinking about it and I did not have a clue that how and then the second day of lap of the master and then I was a bit in control and I was like oh thank god I'm fine today but then again uh spending time with him that day then but the question never went from my mind what just happened and then it continued like uh, that experience which i had um, it kept on coming back to me my body would get intense everything would get intense and this intensity was something else i never experienced it before and uh, then it was guru purnima and again i'm i'm just thinking about it what what is happening and i'm not getting it and then i was like Uh, At that Guru Purnama day, in the morning, I'm thinking, like, this experience was only between me and my deity. Like, uh, I told you, Krishna is my Ishta Daivat. He is my deity. So whenever I did my sadhana, the previous one which my guru had given me, so this experience was common then. Like, there hadn't been a single day uh, after my sadhana took a certain intensity, maybe I was in seventh standard or so, seventh or sixth standard, I don't remember exactly. So it had become so intense for me, as soon as I sat for sadhana, it was like the, any moment it would go that intense, and after that it hadn't been a single day that I did not feel that intensity and tears did not roll out of my eyes. It wasn't a single day that it did not happen. And my mom was very used to it, like uh, she had been into a varkari family. She knows all sorts of things happen, so she she was very open with that. She let it happen, and I was I was so anyway open. I, I I just I just went with the flow. I did not think much about it. But here, same thing happening here with 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 a very like this intensity. I I just cannot tell you how intense it is. Like it feels like if even if I die right now, it will be okay. That kind of intensity. Like, I'm just, it's just out of the world experience. Like If you experience that, it is like you, you, it's okay if the death just confronts you and you just leave, it's okay. It's that kind of intensity. You just love it. And then I was like, oh, and then I'm thinking, Guru Purnima day morning, I'm thinking, is he my Krishna? And when I thought that, Uh, No, no, he cannot be that. And then, like, I had a thought that when he appears, how he would be, like, he would be carrying a like, I I just had a crazy imagination. But if you see Sadhguru, he is like, he is different. But then, I I knew that I, I, like, my guru told me that uh, he is formless. He is nameless. Just for the devotee, he comes with a form, he comes with a name. Like, he just manifests a form just for the devotee. But actually, there is no form, there is no name. So, I was like, maybe he is Krishna. And then, when I said that, maybe he is Krishna. After that, like, there were things happening with me. Like, uh, lap of the master, those two days, and the Guru Purnima. It used to happen that uh, my sadhana was as such that uh, since I was a kid, I had this experience. If I did my sadhana, like at times it would happen that uh, schedules would be as such or something would happen that I miss my sadhana. So the day I missed my sadhana, it would happen that in the morning, I would get some dream. But otherwise, if you see, it was like, I the, the moment I slept, the other morning, like, the other day when I get up, it's like within the sli- like the time I sk- uh, sleep and the time I get up, within that time I was, I was completely dead kind of thing. I did not have any uh, dreams or anything like that. Like it was just like a dead state. I just slept and I just got up. There was nothing in between. So this thing happened here during lap of the master and Guru Purnima, like all those three days, not even those three days, like, I think it just continued. Yeah, I'm I'm mixing up things, like, I, I just thought here that maybe he's my Krishna. But I did not agree with that then. And then uh, the sadhana pada orientation started. So I'll tell you, like, I cannot go into the details, it's not allowed. So during the orientation, it was like, uh, I was having similar kind of experience. I was getting dreams and dreams in the mornings. And I was continuing with the sadhana which my first guru had given me. But even then I'm, I'm getting dreams. And since my inner engineering this has happened, that whenever I got dreams, uh, the dreams would be of some other kind, like the uh, intensity of it was different. Like uh, you see the back area which is there, the spine area. Uh, so when I am getting the dreams, it would just heat up like anything. I would feel like my back is on fire. That kind of experience used to be there whenever I had any dream. So here, it is like uh, during the orientation, I'm dreaming and dreaming and dreaming, even daydreaming. Like uh, it was kind of intense. The orientation was very intense for me. Uh, So during that, it was like I was dreaming. Uh, Even while doing the practices, it used to happen that I would go into some slumber and some dream would happen. And the dream would be so intense, my body would be at some other level of intensity. And then I was like, what is happening to me? And then same question I would ask, is he my Krishna? No, no, he cannot be. Is he my Krishna? No, no, he cannot be. And then one day it happened that uh, I had some very, very freaky dream. I just freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> and then as, as I got up, like it had been, uh, what do you say? It had been a deal between Krishna and me. Like I just told him, uh, when I was a kid, it used to be like, I just would, wouldn't listen to anybody. Nor my parents, nor my grandfather. Nobody. I would listen to nobody. Not my teachers. I would do whatever I feel like. I would do certain things and rules and regulations but I knew that what I'm breaking like. I just walked on the edge kind of. But I never thought of like I was never like this that they instructed something and without asking a question I just implemented that. If I found some sense to it I would do it. Otherwise I would just leave it. But now it was like so many things were going on and I was not understanding what was happening and then then it was like Krishna and my Guru, it was like, my Guru, I, like whoever I've met till that uh, till date, I felt like my Guru is the most sensible person. Whatever she said, I would try to handle it like a, a very, uh, what do you say, delicate flower. Whatever she said, I tried to... Um, put all, all of my into, it, into that, like implementing that. So whatever she said, it was about uh, uh, working on oneself. So I would put in efforts to work on myself. So that was the thing. But then uh, it happened that at times I would get so uh, confused as to like what is right, what is wrong, and what is supposed to be done in this moment. So at those times I I just told Krishna that, see Krishna, I'm not getting the point. So if I'm doing something wrong, I will just, whatever I'm doing, I will just go about it. You have to see to it that you do something so that if I'm going in some other way, you have to do something so that I realize like something physical should happen. (laughs) I wanted him to appear and talk to me, but that never happened. So I just, at least I told him that you make something like that happen. So in my experience, it was like if I was doing something stupid, like um, even if I'm thinking about something stupid, whatever I'm doing in my hand, it would go wrong. Then I would understand that, oh no, this is wrong. So like I had some something like that with my Krishna. So here it happened that that morning when I just freaked out, I was like, oh, Krishna, what are you doing? Is it an indication that I'm thinking wrong? <laughs> and then uh, I, I just told him that, okay, I accept that this is my Krishna. Like, I just told him, I accept Sadhguru is my Krishna. And I tell you, since that day, I did not have morning dreams, and it was, uh, sorry, day dreams, nor the dreams in the morning. Like, it just disappeared. And I was like, oh my God, this was wrong. You could have told me in some other way that you are this. Why did you have to do this to me? <laughs> 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 and then... I was very happy Uh, after that once I realized what like he just appeared and I was like I'm such a dumb fool he appeared so many times in front of me and I'm thinking if he is this one or not and and there are things happening with me Uh, like I told you the body getting intense and uh, whatever it like you can call it ecstasy or so I was experiencing those states and even then I'm questioning looking at him are you Krishna are you Krishna And it's like, he's not going to talk. There are thousands of people there and I'm just questioning. And then once I got the point, I was like, oh my God. And this was a very tremendous thing for me. Ever since that sadhana took on some place, I had been like, I had been crying literally every day for him that you appear, you appear. And now when he he has appeared, it, it, it is such a tremendous thing for me. I I cannot explain in words, and this is my experience. It's not like hmm. there are many people who are like if you if you say that oh this is the this is the person I worship, like, not the person I could say. I don't even think he's a person. I don't know what he is. <laughs> but when when you say that this is my ista daivata, this is my aradhya, people have gotten into their heads like many people. Not the Varkaris. Varkaris are still very crazy people, but a much larger section of the society has accepted that God is somewhere where we don't know and it's okay if you don't think that he is not there he is not existent That that is also some kind of extremism and just believing that he is present that also may be some kind of extremism but if you are having some experience with somebody, some experience whatever it is so it's not like you can just ignore it um, like what experiences I had, it was like I just uh, this one thing just happened. I just knew that he is my Krishna. And then I was like, well, as soon as I got to know this, I am calling my mom and I'm telling him, telling her, Mama, is my Krishna. You have to come and visit him. And then I am telling my mom and dad. And then my mom was like, she was like, she was not even replying. She, maybe she got a shock or something. I don't know. But then later on, she came. Uh, she and my uh, dad came. Like that time also it was Mahalaya, Mavasya and both both of them came. So now Sadhana Pada has started. During the orientation I realized this is my Krishna. And then I'm like, oh my God. So this is something tremendous. And then I'll tell you a certain experience. Like what it has been till date is like whatever Sadhana was there. Mm. My Guru told me Whatever you are thinking, be very conscious of what you are thinking. Because Krishna is listening all the time, and you might you might be saying something, and he will just listen, and that thing might just happen. So, it had been an experience with me. I'm just thinking about something, and the thing is manifesting in front of me. Now, this has been since my childhood, and I kind of got scared about it, because... At times it happened that, uh, I told you, my brain is kind of a madhouse. What I think, it's, it's like, if I'm not being aware of what I'm thinking, I might just think about something negative and that thing will also happen. Like, it has happened with me. So, it used to happen that I just said something and, like, I just uh, thought about something and it just manifested and I'm like, oh my God. I, like, I just got very conscious about this, that I have to, like, conscious about the thought, like, what I'm thinking I had to be in control of that, I had that, I, I kind of developed that uh, attitude. Uh, not in control, you could say, if you're just aware, you'll know that what kind of stupid nonsense you're doing in your brain. So that thing came to me there. And now when I was here, uh, now Sadhguru is anyway saying about this, you be conscious, you be conscious, you be conscious. Conscious just like, Sadhguru says being conscious, my first guru said, he is listening it, like he she told me in the way i could understand he is listening so you better uh, know what you are thinking it might just come true and so it was like both my gurus had told me you now i had to be kind of aware of whatever i was thinking and here at Isha, it's a different kind of experience like earlier when i had certain questions um, the answers which came to me it was like, during my sadhana, it would just get clear into my head. Uh, but if if I went about thinking about it, like the brain is a kind of madhouse. It will just get you so much confused. And I I, I would actually think that whatever happened within me, is it true or is it just a hallucination? But uh, whatever just happened, whatever just came became clear to me, when I implemented that, I saw that it works. But uh, the mind usually went like this, that is it a hallucination or is it true? Because I just wanted to see. Like uh, I don't know, Like I'm so much dependent on the sensory things. I want to see the form, I want to hear the form. I could actually listen to him and I, I could actually see him and he could just communicate with me like normal people do. And then now when I came to Sadhana Pada, it was like, I'm having something in my head, like it it was not like I was having that many questions as I had earlier. Like my experience had been, when I sit in satsang with him, like in the lap of the master and Guru Purnima itself, so much got clear in my head, it was like, I was not having questions on the and I was like, I was like, what just happened? Like, whatever was there, it just got clear in my head. And then I did not know actually. Uh, like even now, if you ask me, uh, Akka, like, uh, what is your experience about it? I would say since since the beginning of sadhana, Buddha, till today, it is like, if you tell me if you have understood something, no, I have understood nothing. It's just that things are happening, and I am just uh, looking at it, it like a dumb fool, like what is happening. But, like it is so tremendous. I I just feel so little in front of whatever is happening, not little. I could say like I just feel nothing. Like it's just like I'm I'm riding on his back or something. You could say you could say that. Like it's nothing about me. Now now let's go into sadhana. Now in sadhana. I'm
0: thinking you have to go oh, into silence uh, right because we do as a part three We might continue I
1: till eight fifty seven maybe yeah okay i've told you okay, pa- okay, most of the okay, part maybe okay. in 10 minutes it will get over <laughs> not...
0: okay you don't need you don't need to end in 10 minutes that's why i'm telling you we can do it as a part three like you might hurry up thinking oh, there's only 10 minutes that's why can you tell i said me when it is we can do it's up to
1: talking you and you tell me when it is 867 like nearby yeah so okay, okay. now let's start yeah, with okay, the Sadhana Pada thing. Like okay. already orientation and all happened. In the orientation I realized what has been offered to me and like I just got to know what it is. And then I, not know I could say. I just got to see the what tremendous opportunity this is. And then mm, pada in pada we had uh, Seva and we had in the morning we had sadhana, we had seva, again in the evening we had sadhana and uh, there are other parts but I don't know if I'm supposed to uh, tell it, uh, like it's confidential, so I won't go uh, get into that. <laughs> so I, I would t- tell you about the seva part. Uh, sadhana was like, ah, first let me tell about sadhana part. So they taught us yoga yogasanas and to tell you Oh my God, in all my life, I've never bent my body as much as I did in all sadhana. Never ever i bent my body that much. So, whatever sadhana I did till date, it was like you sit in a place and uh, for an hour or so you will be sitting in that same posture. That was all the sadhana I did. I never gave, gave any trouble to my body. My body was always like safe kept. And now it is like in yoga sanas, you keep bending, you keep bending and you <laughs> bend it to a point that you just every day try to bend it more and more, you try to bend it more and more. And I was like, okay, what is he making me do and why is he making me do it? Like, I did not get it, but, but in my head, I had this, not in head, like in, within me, I had, my head is a madhouse, but within me, I had this, that whatever he is offering, it's okay. Like, in, earlier also what my Guru offered, Whatever she was offering, I was not taking it like this will benefit me in these, these ways. I was not taking it like that. It was just that within me, it was like I had that kind of, uh, what do you say? Uh, You kind of fall in love with the person for the way they are and for the experiences you go through when you are doing the sadhana. You just fall in love with it. And this is what happened with me during all the time I spent with Sadhguru. I just fell in love with him. And then other things just come like who, like when you love somebody, if they are offering something, the way you handle it, it is different. So he was offering it, and I was like, whatever he's offering, let's just take it. But now is the actual what do you say, testing time? Like I saw uh, initially we had the these practices were kind of. Uh, hmm, uh, there there was seva and there was uh, there was a different seva time allotted so i was like at time it ha- uh, at once it happened that uh, my seva schedules were like this weekly it would change so uh, in one of the weeks it was like uh, during the morning sadhana which we did together in one of the weeks it was like uh, during the sadhana time my seva would be there so Sadhana I was supposed to do on my own after Seva got over. So when I went for Seva and then I'm supposed to do my sadhana, then I saw what kind of resistance I had within. Like this is all kind of goody-goody thing in my head that I I, I love him and so I can do anything for him. That was just a goody-goody thing. I saw what is there within me. I had so much resistance to do yoga sinas. I tell you for that week, for five so- days, I did not do yoga sinas. I was doing Shambhavi. Mm. Yeah, I was doing Shambhavi. I was doing Surya Kriya. And uh, that's all. I was not doing Yogasanas. And in my, again, this madhouse is such a powerful thing. It is telling me that, no, no, only when we are doing it together in the area, then we are supposed to do it, uh, the Yogasanas part. It's not a mandatory thing. That is what I'm telling myself. And uh, then in the <laughs> seva I saw, uh, like my seva was such that it is des- uh, that it demanded some physical uh, strength. And uh, as I told you, I've never worked on my body. I just know how to run. Other than that, I've never tried to increase the strength in my body. Like I, I was just not aware about it, uh, or maybe I was aware about it. I did not have much strength, so. I saw that when I was, uh, like I'll just tell you, my seva was in uh, Akshaya. Akshaya is the kitchen area which is for uh, entire ashram. Like all the food is cooked there. So I was in the cutting area and when you are cutting the thing, it's like you need some certain kind of strength in your hands. And it was always with me, whenever, even when I helped my mom, my mom would say that your hands don't have life it seems. I was never able to put that pressure and i don't know i was never able to put that pressure even in school when we had uh, throw ball competitions i was just not able to put the ball over the net it would never go there like i did not have that kind of strength in my hands but during these yoga sanas and all it had happened that i had gained strength in my hands and i did not realize this even though i was uh, holding my body on my hands i did not realize that my hands have gotten stronger and then uh, in this uh, Seva area, I did not feel any difficulty in cutting the vegetables. But when I stopped this Yogasanas practice during that week, it happened that first day it was okay. Second day, third day, some difficulty was there. On the fourth and fifth day, I'm thinking, why am I not able to cut it properly? I thought that maybe there is some problem with the knife. <laughs> but then... But then I'm like, no, like I just exchanged my knife with the other people who were cutting it fast. Uh, but no, they are cutting it smoothly. It's just with me that I'm not able to cut it. And then I was like, oh, is the problem coming back? Like I used to have this problem at home. My mom would tell that there is no strength in her hands. I tried to cut and it, uh, it did not happen. Then I was like, oh, I'm doing this. Like maybe Yogasana has got some strength into me. I was not facing any difficulty. Now I'm facing the difficulty. So maybe I should start yogasanas again. And then in that evening I did yogasanas and after that I I tried to maintain that practice. So this was one of the experiences with the yogasanas. And there are more to come. I did uh, like I opted for Bhavas Pandana. Uh, during whole Pada, I did all the programs. I did Samyama, everything, like whatever Sadhguru has to offer, I just I just took it up. Let's like, I can discuss it in the next uh, episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Akha, thank, thank you for you coming nice. on the show. So, we'll do the next part soon, whenever you're.